1 Peter chapter 2. 1 Peter chapter 2 this evening. Let's look at 1 Peter chapter 2 and start with verse 1. 1 Peter chapter 2 and starting in verse 1 tonight. It says, Therefore, laying aside all malice and all guile and all hypocrisies and envies and evil speakings, as newborn babes desire the sincere milk of the word that you may grow thereby, if so that ye have tasted the Lord is gracious, to whom, the, to whom coming as unto a living stone, disallowed indeed of men, but chosen of God and precious, ye also as lively stones are built up in a spiritual house as a holy priesthood to offer up spiritual sacrifice acceptable God by Christ, by Jesus Christ. Wherefore also it is contained in the scripture, Behold, I lay in Zion a chief cornerstone, elect, precious, and he that believeth on him shall not be a confounded. Let's pray. Father, we thank you again for this, this evening. Thank you for the rain that you've given us. Thank you for each one who's here tonight. I pray, Lord, you bless them and their faithfulness. I pray for those, again, who are not with us, that you be with them. And we pray that you'd help us, Lord, to see wondrous things from thy law, that we may grow in our relationship with you. I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. So the, the title of the message this evening is How to Make Progress in the Christian Life. I hope the goal in your life, in every area of your life, is to make progress, to get better. It's easy to stay in the same spot. It's easy to get stale. It's easy to get monotonous, whether it be in your work, whether it be in your marriage, whether it be in any area of life. God wants us and really created us to progress. Uh, you're, either, you're either progressing or regressing right now. You're not staying still. You're closer to Jesus Christ right now, or you're further away from Jesus Christ right now than you were last Sunday. You're the, you're, you, we are c continually getting closer to him, or we're continuing falling, going back from him. You cannot stay the same. It's like uh, last week as I was out there with my daughter in the, in the Atlantic Ocean. You can't stay the same in the Atlantic Ocean. <laughs> you, you try to stay the same. I mean, you, if you really, 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 really try but it ain't long. You, that, them waves are moving you. They're pushing you. They're, they're trying to get you to go. They're, they have an agenda. And so does the world has an agenda. And so does the word have an agenda. So you're constantly being pushed. So how are you going to make progress in the Christian life? Well, the word for Christian, for spiritual growth in the Bible is a, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a kind of a technical word called sanctification. Sanctify means to to make holy, to make, to make, uh, to make, to set apart, to be different, and the way that you, the way that you progress in the Christian life is that you must choose to live the sanctified life, the different life, because if your life isn't really any different than anybody out there, does your salvation matter? If you're not any different than the Joe Schmo as a Christian, your life should should stand apart. I was talking to a believer. Actually, just the other day in New Hampshire, he called and inquired about our church, or actually Connecticut. It was one of those states above the Mason-Dixon line. I think it was Connecticut. And he was talking about, he thought that it, it was good for a Christian that after church on a Sunday morning that somebody would actually notice they went to church. I said, that's probably a good idea. The folks, you're going down to Sundays, ought to look at you and say, you probably went to church, didn't you? Yeah, you you went to church. Your, your attire is a little bit different than when it is on a Sunday morning than it is on a Monday morning. Why? Because Sunday morning you went to worship the king. If the, if the, pre, well, if the, if, 
I was going to say if the President of the United States showed up, you might dress up, but some of you might not. <laughs> some of you might, some of you might not. I'm not quite sure about that. But if somebody was here that was important and you wanted to dress up and you thought, well, I should dress up for them, then you would you'd, you'd wear certain clothes. And so it is for the Lord Jesus Christ. I hope we, we do those things. The goal is Christ's likeness ultimately. 1 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 24. Know you not that which, you, which run in a race, run all but one receiveth the prize, so run that you may obtain. Everyone that striveth for the master is temperate in all things. They do it to obtain a corruptible crown, but we an incorruptible. So what does this look like spiritually speaking? Well, first of all, we need to depart from a rotten attitude. We talked about this a little bit on Sunday night. That your, added, that your attitude determines your, more than your aptitude, determines your altitude. How's your attitude? Do you, do you get up with a bad attitude in the morning? <clears throat> well, you know what you have to do if you wake up with a bad attitude? Choose to put on, choose to put, choose, what were we going to say? <laughs> I thought you were going to say, let him keep sleeping. <laughs> let him sleep. <laughs> Sometimes that might be a good idea, too. But no, you have to choose it. You have to choose to put on a good attitude. Just like you choose to put on clothes. You choose to hopefully put on appropriate clothes. You, you choose it. You make a decision. You may not, again, it's not about feelings or you may not feel good. You may wake up with a headache, may wake up with a backache, may, may, may wake up with a, a knee ache or, or all the above. But just because you, you get up on the wrong side of the bed doesn't mean you have to stay on the wrong side of the bed all day long. You have to choose it. Do you choose it? Do you make a decision to choose it? How do we go about doing that? Well, <laughs> put it, putting our faith, in, realizing we have a solid faith or solid trust in the Lord. It says in verse 8, 1 Peter 1, verse 8, whom, whom, whom have you seen, you love, and whom, though now ye have ye See him not yet believing. It's all done by faith. It's done by faith. Solid trust in the Lord. Secondly, choosing sweet joy. Sweet joy of whom not seen you love, and whom through you have not seen yet believing, you rejoice with joy unspeakable and full of glory. <laughs> you see him, and you believe in him. And in believing in him, you rejoice in him with joy unspeakable and full of glory. There's a joy that you have with relationship with God. It's, it's unfathomable. It's unspeakable. It's undefinable. It's unknowable. It's unresearchable. It's a joy that only Christians can have. No other person in the entire world can have joy like a Christian has. Nobody. You can't produce it. You can't purchase it. It doesn't come in a pill. It's not a bottle. You can't go to get a prescription from it for it. It's only in Christ Jesus. That's why we sing that song as a kid. You got the joy, 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 joy down in your heart. Where? Where? <laughs> that was good, even for Wednesday night. That's good. <laughs> That's where we have it. It's down in our heart. That's why Christians should be different. Christians shouldn't walk around all the time with a sad, sad, mad countenance. That shouldn't, that shouldn't be us, man. That shouldn't be us. We should have joy. Our life should be joy, joyful. Oh, yes, yeah, sometimes we go through uh, pits and valleys and depressions and discouragements. That's part of life. 
But it should not be the. It should not be your life. If if you do not have joy in your life, something is wrong in your life. Let me repeat it for you. If you don't have joy in your life, something is wrong in your life. And you by you just like you, if you had a bad back, need to go to the doctor and figure out what you need to fix that back. You need to go to the good doctor and find out what's going on. You need to find out. You need to get in the B-I-B-L-E. Yes, that's the book for me. And say, Lord, why can't I have joy? Maybe you haven't forgiven somebody. Maybe you got bitterness. Maybe you got hate in your heart. Maybe you're caught up in sin. But whatever's causing you to be, to be angry and frustrated and mad and sad all the time, you ought to check yourself. Get a checkup from the neck up. And find out what's going on with your life, dear friend. Oh, we ought to have sweet joy. And thirdly, we ought to have self-control. Self-control, it says in 1 Peter 1.13, Wherefore, gird up the loins of your mind, be sober. Man, a Christian should be controlled by the Holy Spirit of God. By directed, led by. That's why when you're making decisions about decisions in, in life, again, you don't, stick, you don't lick your finger and say, well, which way does the wind blow? You open the Bible and say, God, which way do you want me to go? Let the Holy Spirit lead you and guide you. <coughs> Dear friend, do not live your life based on feelings. Do not base your, your, your life based on what the world says you should do. Go by the word of God. What does the Bible say? What does God say? What's the spirit? How's the spirit of God leading me? We need self-control. Fourth, we should shun, we should have sincere love. 1 Peter 1, 22, seeing you have purified your souls and obeying the truth of the Spirit unto unfeigned love of the brethren, see that you love one another with a pure heart fervently. <coughs> Excuse me. That word unfeigned means not fake. Not fake. Impure. Righteous. Good. Need, need just Pure. <coughs> that's what we need we need pure love holy love righteous love yeah we seek that type of love in our in our lives in our relationships we need that constantly next shun fleshly lust the bible says <coughs> excuse me first peter 2 11 dear beloved i beseech you as strangers and pilgrims abstain from fleshly lust what's war against the soul you have, to, you, have to, you have to get yourself away from those things. Uh, choose to walk away from those things. Choose to say, these are not going to be part of my life. These are not going to hurt me. These are not going to hinder me. And then submission to authority. We're going to talk a lot more about this on, on Sunday morning. But the Bible says in 1 Peter chapter 2.13, Submit yourselves to every ordinance of man for the Lord's sake, whether it be of king or supreme. Likewise, you wives, be in subjection to your own husbands, that if any obey not in the word, they may without the word be one with the conversation of the wives. It's just a, a choosing to be under the authority that God has placed in our lives. That's not always easy. Because <clears throat> sometimes the authorities in life are wrong. Sometimes the authorities in life are, <coughs> are not good. What do we do? What do we do when the authorities in life are not good? Thank you, brother. I got a little scratchy throat. Thank you, brother. Appreciate that. Thanks so much. What do you do when you got authorities that you know are above you and they're not doing right? 
Well, you can say, well, they're not doing right, so I'm not going to do right. Is that what Jesus did? When Pilate wasn't doing right, and the Sanhedrin weren't doing right, and the religious leaders weren't doing right, what did he decide to do? <coughs> he decided to still do right. Because, dear friend, I'm not responsible for what those over me are doing. I'm responsible for what those under me are doing. Did you get that? I'm not responsible for what those above me are doing. All I can do is choose to vote, choose to pray. We should do both. I am responsible for those that are under me. And if those who are under me choose to see me doing wrong, just because those who are over me are doing wrong, then that's wrong. You have to choose to do right, even though other, other people in your life. If your boss is doing wrong, you do right, employee. Wife, if your husband's doing wrong, you choose to do right. You choose to do right. Your relationship with God is not based on anybody else but you and God. <coughs> Excuse me. So those are important areas of life. The phrase laying aside is the word meaning to put off, to cast off, to lay down something. You have to abstain from it. You have to, you have to take it off. You have to abstain. We, uh, uh, Alethea and I went to a thrift store. She drugged me to a thrift store last, uh, last Thursday. And, man, there was a whole lot of people who left some clothes away. I mean, they <laughs> there was clothes in that place. And after about three hours, I said to my daughter, I got to get out of here. I can't no longer walk around here because a whole lot of people have abstained from what they used to wear, and now they're putting on the rack so we can buy it and wear it. <laughs> you lay it aside. You take it off. You get rid of it. That's what the Bible tells us to do. It says the word malice. This word malice, it says, therefore, laying aside all malice. What is malice? The word malice. It means wickedness, depravity, evil, trouble, naughtiness, all those things. Guile is deceit or treachery. Difficult to minister to people, demonstrate the love of Christ if we're deceiving them. No, be honest. Be transparent. That's how we're supposed to be in life. Be transparent. Be, be the same here as you are at home. Be the same in God's house as you are at work. You say, preacher, should you cuss at church? Should you cuss at work? Would you listen to rock and roll at church? Would you listen to rock and roll at work? Just because you're in a different place doesn't mean you should act a different way. Amen? If you act holy in God's house, you'd all act holy in your house, shouldn't you? You say, preacher's a different place. God is still there. The Holy Spirit of God is still with you. <coughs> oh, friend. Cast it off. Very important. It's interesting to note in the ancient baptismal ceremonies, um, those who would get baptized, they would take, they'd wear old clothes, old robes, then they'd get baptized. After they get baptized, they'd put on new robes. And that should be the Christian life. Old robes before, new robes afterward. You have to continually in your life choosing to put on the right clothes. Literally and spiritually. Put on the right things. Put on the right things. <clears throat> the, word, the word here, malice, is, is ill, wickedness, depravity, or naughtiness. 
Hebrews chapter 12, verse 15, looking diligently, let any man fail the grace of God, lest any root of bitterness springing up trouble you, and there many be defiled. Evil speaking means defaming someone's character, backbiting. Those are all things that, that hurt, hurt ourselves and hurt the church. 2 Corinthians 12, 20 says, For I fear, I fear lest when I come, I shall not find you as I would, that I should be found unto you such as you would not, lest there be debates, envyings, wrath, strifes, backbitings, whisperings, swellings, and tumults. What was the problem in the church of Corinth? They were divided. Sin causes division. That's why we have to have peace and love and hope and charity and faith. So choose to depart from a rotten attitude. Secondly, not only that, dine daily on God's riches. <coughs> so take off something, but put on something. That's the secret of the Christian life. Take off that which is bad, but add to something that which is good. The problem oftentimes what happens in a Christian's life, listen to me. We get saved, we start hearing preaching. And you, hear, you get convicted of things you shouldn't do, and that's good. You start putting things down. But instead of putting right things, instead of replacing the bad things with good things, you start replacing the bad things with things that are not so bad. You understand what I'm saying to you? No, dear friend. When you, replace, when you take off the bad, you need to put in the real good. There's nothing better to put in than the word of God. When I got saved and got convicted of listening to the top, wrong type of music, I had to replace it with real good music, else I would go back to the bad music. When I got saved, then I had to say back goodbye to some old, horrible relationships, the old friends that were nothing but trouble. I had to replace it with godly friends, or I would go back to the old. You got to be careful about what you're putting away something. You don't put something, you don't just leave a spot in your life so other bad things don't come in your life and destroy you. We have to feast daily on the word of God. I heard a term, orexa, anorexia nervosa, often referred to as anorexia, is an eating disorder. Now, dear friends, I got a lot of issues, but I don't have this issue right there. I don't have anorexia. <laughs> I don't have that. It's characterized by low weight, food restrictions, body image disturbance, fear of gaining weight, and an overpowering desire to be thin. That's not me. But I'll tell you a classic example. Example: Some of you folks who are older remember Karen Carpenter. Remember her? She could sing like a songbird. What'd she die? Because she had a, a terrible self-image of herself. And she died by anorexia. What's worse than physical anorexia is spiritual anorexia. It's not feasting on the word of God. You see, as we as Christians, we ought to have a relentless craving for the word of God. The Bible says... As, babes, as newborn babes desire the sincere milk of the word that you may grow thereby. Babies or animals, man, they'll let you know when they're hungry. I got two cats, and if there's no food in that cat box, they're going to let me know. <laughs> they're going to let me know it's time to eat. Some of you raise animals, man. They get fussy if, you, they get fussy if, they, don't, if they don't got that food. Hey, if, 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 you don't have an, if, if you don't have an appetite, something is wrong. You wake up in the morning, tomorrow morning, you don't have an appetite, you don't feel like eating something all day, something all day long, something's wrong with you. Man, if I wake up tomorrow and I, and I don't want to eat, I'm, something's wrong, man. Take my temperature, do something. I got to go to the doctor. Something's not right. When a, when a Christian doesn't want to come to church, something's wrong. 
When a Christian doesn't want to read the Bible, something's wrong. When a Christian doesn't want to pray and seek God's face, something's wrong. When a Christian doesn't want to witness and tell people about Jesus, something is wrong. There is a problem with their spiritual diet. Those things, folks, are the fundamentals of our, of, of our, of our, of our food. Reading the Bible, praying, being at church, faithful witnessing, that should be part of our life. If those things aren't in our life, we should ask ourselves, why aren't those things in our life? The Bible says about, about this relentless craving in Jeremiah 15, 16, Jeremiah the prophet said, the words are found, I did eat them. That word was unto me joy and rejoicing in my heart, for I am called by the name of the Lord of hosts. Job 23, 12, neither have I gone back from the commandment of his lips, I have esteemed the words of his mouth more than my necessary food. Does, is, God's, is God's word, is it more important to you than the temporal food that you eat? Man, it should be more important than a bologna sandwich. <laughs> It should be more important than a steak from the finest steakhouse in America. Because that steak in a few hours will be gone, but the word of God lasts forever. Dear friend, feast on the word of God. Are you hungry for the word of God? If you're not hungry for the word of God, <coughs> ask yourself, why am I hungry? Why not? Why am, why, what's causing me? Am I eating some spiritual junk food? Am I feasting too much on TV? Am I reading some other books? I love reading books. But dear friend, if you read any other book more, more than the word of God, something's wrong. Something's not right. It's not only, it's not only, as a, uh, not only do we have this, this relentless craving. Secondly, we have a remembered cause. If so, you be that have tasted the Lord is gracious. Remember what God has done for you and taught you in the past. 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 12. By the grace of God, I am what I am. And his grace which bestowed upon me was not in vain, but I labored more abundantly than they all. Yet not I, but Christ, but the, but the grace of God which was in me. 2 Corinthians 5.15 And they died for all, and that he died for all. That they which live should not henceforth live unto themselves, but to him which died for them and rose again. Just like you remember a, a, a special occasion. Just like you remember an anniversary. Just like you remembered a, a special restaurant. Just like you remembered something that you've done, we should remember regularly what God has done for us in our life. Remember how he saved you. Remember what he's done for you. Remember how he's, he's, he's sanctified you, encouraged you. <coughs> remember the times when you've come to church and God has spoken to your heart. Sometimes we think about, oh man, I remember that time where I went to that restaurant or I went to that ball game. Or, Those are all good. But dear friends, remember, <coughs> I encourage you to write them down. Write down times in your life when God has spoke to you. What, what, what did God, did, did God do something in your heart specifically and you wrote it down? He helped you in that. Depart from destruction from daily. Dine daily on God's riches. And thirdly, this evening, dedicate yourself. Dedicate yourself to God daily. Choose it. It says in verse 4, For whom coming as a, as a living stone, this allowed indeed a man, but chosen of God and precious, Ye also are lively stones, or build up a spiritual house and holy priesthood to offer up spiritual sacrifice acceptable to God and Jesus Christ. You see, brothers and sisters, we are beloved in Christ. What does that mean? That God loves us. That's an amazing thing. 
that God would love us. It said, to whom coming as a living stone, disallowed indeed, but chosen of God and precious. What does God say about us? He says about us that we're precious. God thinks about you this evening that you are precious. Now, you may not feel precious. <laughs> you may feel like, uh, well, you may feel you may like feel like nobody cares or nobody understands or nobody trusts you. I don't know where you're at tonight, but I know one thing for, for, for sure, that God loves you and thinks of you as, a, as, a precious, as precious. The Bible says, <coughs> for we love him, why? Because he first loved us. 1 John 3, 1, behold what manner of love the Father bestowed upon us, who we should call the sons of God before the, the world knoweth us, because it knew him not. 1 John 3, 2, beloved, we are now the sons of God. It doth not yet appear what we shall be. We know that when we shall appear, we shall be like him, for we shall see him as he is. I heard a story about David Livingston, great missionary to Africa. They found him. When they found him, at the end of his life, he was kneeling by his bed. He was kneeling by his bed, praying. He loved to pray by his bed. He was, he was praying by his bed. The natives took him, cut out his heart, buried, buried his body in Africa. And sent his heart back to England. Someone wrote, other sheep have I, which, which are not of this fold. Them also I bring. One of Brit Britain's periodicals said it best. Across the first page in the banner headlines it said, it carried the legend, granite may crumble, but this is living stone. This is living stone. He lived for God all his life. Nothing, though his, his body was gone, his heart <coughs> was buried, no matter what, his spirit was still there. That's what type of testimony we need to have in our life, recognizing our love for Christ, recognizing our love that we ought to have for, for brothers and sisters in Christ. David Livingston loved that people and so much that he was a living stone. We are beloved in Christ. We are built through the church. We're built through the church. It says in 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 5, Ye also as lively stones are built a spiritual house, a holy priesthood, to offer a spiritual sacrifice acceptable by God, Christ Jesus. 1 Peter 2, 6, Wherefore also is contained in the scripture, Behold, I lay in Zion a chief cornerstone, elect, precious, that he is belie believeth on him, should not be founded. The Christian life should not be lived, dear friend, outside of the local church. I believe in the importance of, 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 of the church. How about you? Do you know any Christians that are really living for God who don't go to church? I don't know any. Now, I know we've got some folks that are shut-ins, some widows and situations like that. We've had that at church. But to be honest with you, I've been a Christian for 32 years. I've never met anybody who lived for Jesus Christ who didn't go to church unless they were shut-ins. Never met anybody like that. Why? Because a Christian who loves God is going to want to be in church. A Christian who doesn't go to like a church is like a fish out of water. It just doesn't make sense. <coughs> Something's not right. It's not characteristic of a godly person. A godly person hungers for, for, for righteousness, hungers for the word, hungers to want to fellowship with other Christians. It's important. It's important. That's why the Bible says, Husbands, love your wives, even as Christ also loved the church and gave himself for it. How much, did, how much did Christ love the church? Uh, uh, he, he gave himself for it. He died for the church. 
Bible says in 1 Timothy 3.15, but if I tarry long, they must know now how to honest behave thyself in the house of God, which is the church of the living God, the pillar and ground of the truth. What is the church? It is the pillar and ground of the truth. You can look around, you turn on TV, you're not going to find the truth on TV, folks. Less and less and less, especially if you turn on ABC, CBS, and NBC, and about 20 other channels that I can't name. You're not going to find the truth. Where can you find the truth? In the Word of God, in the house of God, hopefully among the people of God. This is where you find the truth. You're not going to find the truth at your your places of employment a lot of times. (laughs) You're not going to find the truth uh, down at the the grocery store. Where are you going to find the truth? You're going to find the truth in the Word of God. You need to, that's why we, that's why we come on a Wednesday night, even on a rainy Wednesday night, we come to hear the truth. And we recognize thirdly, not only, not only uh, are we beloved of Christ and precious to Christ, we're built through the church. And thirdly, we're in a, we're in a, we're in a great battle. Our battle's uh, contentious. Uh, people don't, people, if, if, if we say we have the truth, the world says you don't have the truth. If people say you believe in God, the world says no. I, 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 I don't. Uh, you believe in God. I don't believe in God. <coughs> the world is opposite of us. So there's this this is struggle. There's this tension between those who know God and love God, and those who are outside the world. That's why it said about Jesus, a stone of stumbling, a rock of offense, even to them which stumble at the word, being disobedient, wherein they are appointed. A lot of people stumble on the word of God. They can't grasp it. They're the natural man receiveth not the things of God. They can't understand it. They can't grasp it. They stumble on it. How can they, they, they get to the place where they say, well, how can God be God and Jesus be God and, and the Holy Spirit be God? How can that be so? Dear friends, I can't explain it, but I believe it. Just because I just can't, just like I can't explain how we have lights on this, this evening, but I believe it. I don't, I, don't have to, I don't have to totally understand it to believe it. I just trust. <coughs> just like we sang that song this evening, trust and obey for there's no other way to be happy in Jesus but to trust and obey. We believe it. We trust in it. We have faith in it. The Bible says in Luke chapter 6, verse 20, 22, Blessed are you when men shall hate you, and shall separate you from their company, and shall reproach you and cast you out as evil for the Son of Man's sake. Don't be surprised when people don't like you. Don't be surprised when people uh Think, think awful of you. Why? Friends, if they thought evil of Jesus, we are so much less than Jesus. Don't you expect people to think evil of us? The Bible says in 1 John 3, 13, Marvel not, my brethren, if the world hate you. Do not be surprised if the world hates you. Do not be surprised if, if people look at you sideways. Don't be surprised if people think evil thoughts of you. If all they that live godly in Christ Jesus shall suffer persecution. <coughs> if you do right, you're going to have people in your family, in your own family, not like you. Jesus, Jesus said, you think I came to bring peace? I came, I came to bring the sword. Mother-in-law gets father, daughter gets mother-in-law, and, and father-in-law gets son, and, and son against daughter. That's what he did. He came, he's a great divider. You stand up against for truth, even in your own household. You have people stand up and speak and stand up against you, but you stand up for truth. 
That's the way it's supposed to be. God has called us to grow. God has called us to grow. Are we choosing to grow in the Christian life or are we choosing to regress in the Christian life? Depart from destructive daily activities. Get away from bad attitudes. Choose, choose and lay those things aside like malice and evil speaking. Uh, lay those stuff around, things around. Anything that will hurt you, anything that will harm you, anything that will destroy you, lay it aside. Dine on daily riches instead of those things which are going to hurt you. Dine on the word of God. Dine on things that are higher, nobler. These alert my sight. Things that think, read good, godly books that point you towards Christ. And then four, thirdly, dedicate yourself daily to God. Dedicate. Every morning you get up, by the grace of God, make a choice. Say, by the grace of God today, I'm living for God today. That should be our prayer every morning when we get up. By the grace of God today, I'm living for God today. Well, if you choose that, you make that your prayer. Before your feet hit the ground, make that your prayer. Your day will go better if you choose it. If you get up and say, oh, this day is going to be horrible. This day is going to be sad. I feel so bad. I feel so horrible. You know, I, it's just, you know what's going to happen? Your day is going to be like that. You determine your day within the first five, six minutes of your day. You choose it. You choose it. How are you going to choose it? How are you going to choose it? I was reading a story since it is baseball season about a great baseball player by the name of Albert Pujols. I didn't know much about this man, but he's a first baseman for the St. Louis Cardinals, World Series champ, eight-time All-Star, recipient of three National League Most Valuable Player rewards, had all these different things. But one thing he did, he, he set up a foundation to support Down syndrome people and their families in the poor Dominican Republic. He was speaking at a high school at one time, and he said, I'm a Christian man. I've been called to live a holy life. My standard for living is set by God, not the world. I'm responsible for growing and sharing the gospel. <coughs> Excuse me. He read <coughs> from Philippians chapter 2, verse 3. Let nothing be done through strife or vainglory, but in lowliness of mind. Let each esteem other better than themselves. He made this statement. One way for me to stay satisfied in Jesus is for me to stay humble. Humility is getting on your knees and staying in God's will. Doing what he wants me to do, not what the world wants me to do. He said, it'd be easy for me to go out there and do what I want, but those things only satisfy the flesh for a moment. Jesus, Jesus satisfies the soul forever. Here you got a multi-million dollar man. He'd go out there, do what he wants, live how he wants, 